Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above. If you're experiencing chaos this morning, that is my middle name. I have no idea what on earth uh, the stars have unleashed upon me this morning. <laughs> I can't even tell you what it was that I was trying to do in case certain someones are listening to my broadcast. Ugh. So I didn't even get a chance to really breathe deeply before coming on here this morning. So I'm going to just say to everybody, let's take a deep breath in and then out just so we can center and calm ourselves. You know me, I usually have a full sheet of information, nada. I haven't even had a chance to do that. So this morning's show is called Winging It. The intention for today is to talk about the new moon, which is on Sunday. But right this moment, I couldn't really even tell you what is happening in the stars here at this second. So um, that is how crazy things have been. And unfortunately, I've just realized I... Yeah, here we go. I've got the right sheet now. We actually, I'm pretty sure, have the moon in Cancer. And that is true today. It is in the sign of Cancer. And at this moment, at 20 degrees of Cancer, ooh, it's applying pressure to my rising. Maybe that's what's going on here this morning. Uh, at any rate, so the moon in Cancer finishing up its transit today through that sign, entering into Leo after a void of course moon from 3.11 p.m. tomorrow afternoon until just after midnight Sunday morning. Actually, today's the 6th. So today, this afternoon until just after midnight tomorrow morning. This is all in West Coast time. And then into the sign of Leo preparing for its new stage. So we have a new moon and Leo approaching, but right at this moment, we're sort of in the dark of the moon where it's not clear what direction we're going. It's not clear why things are happening the way they're happening, of course. And on top of that today, we have the sun in a pretty powerful square to the planet Uranus. And that stays activated not only from today, but all through the weekend and is involved in the new moon. As the moon clicks into Leo and goes closer and closer to the sun, it's going to be the moon and the sun in that square to Uranus, which means that there are possibilities for upsets or surprises or things of a shocking nature that happen. But it's not that necessarily those things might not be positive. It's that those things can be just surprising, right? They come out of the blue. So good morning with everybody. Debbie Tippett's two meal says, just go with the flow. You're going through a lot. Love you. Thank you, Debbie. And good morning to you, Mimi, Amanda J. Good morning, Andy girl. The energies have been crazy intense these last few days. Yes, indeed. Corey, happy to see you again. Great to see you too. Uh, Christine, good morning to you. Hello, JLo. And Asa, thank you so much for being there behind me. She kind of got blown away this morning because she just innocently asked me how I was. And um, yeah, at that moment, I was in a tiz. And she she heard about that. Uh, good morning, Elisa. Good morning to um, uh, everybody that's out there that maybe I haven't seen yet. And uh, <laughs> yeah, the energies have been sort of intense. There's a lot going on, not just in my own personal life, as you might imagine. I'm still 
dealing with uh, all of that, the sadness and, and the, the loss of my son, some days are better than others. Some, the last couple of days have been super crying days. Um, and I'm just assured that that's exactly the right thing for the uh, process of grief. But on top of that, there are other pressures going on and it's not just in one part of our lives. I feel like, you know, there are things that are happening across uh, the charts for us. You know, um, as we move into this new moon, and I'm going to show you the chart for the new moon here shortly. There are, there are two interlocking yods in the new moon chart. And yods are also called the fingers of God. So they're usually very tightly pointing at some piece of the puzzle of your chart pointing at a house or pointing at a planet. And then the base of that uh, yod is a sextile, which is a 60 degree relationship between the two base planets. So yods become a place where we have to adjust ourselves or adjust our energy, or even sometimes we have to sacrifice something, um, something that we thought was going to be the way it was going to be. Uh, and it ends up, we have to, you know, sort of move and, uh, shake up things a little bit. So we have two of those interlocking. And then during the new moon itself, which is starting today, uh, we actually have a square from the sun to Uranus. And then as I said, the moon joining that up shortly, and or in a day or so. And that brings up some other issues, right? The sun is the mighty personality ego self. It is what you're here to do. It is who you are, right? The sun in whatever sign it's in, in your natal chart is really your personality. And the sun by transit then adds a facet, if you will, to your personality. So we have the sun in Leo. Now we are all sort of under the spell of self-expression, of drama, and maybe even trauma. And also the concept of generosity and magnanimity and being large and being seen and doing what we love coming from our hearts. So wherever Leo is in your own personal chart, so you'd have to get your own chart out, look for the sign of Leo. It looks like this, right? Look, that's Leo, right? It looks like an upside down. Actually, it looks like, you know, a girl wearing a wig uh, or it looks like the symbol for the North Node. So Leo is... Um, if you find Leo in your chart, look to see what house that Leo is in. And that's going to tell you what part of your life is sort of um, under uh, pressure at this point in time. And then the aspects that the sun is making to other planets in the chart help you to see maybe what pathways you need to take on or what the relationship is between the house that Leo is in and the plate, the house that say Uranus is in. Now Uranus we know is in Taurus. And Taurus is a sign that looks very much like the bull, right? You see, here's Taurus. Uh, there it is, there's Taurus, right? The bull, right? It looks like a bull. <laughs> so you, you can see that and that planet, that symbol right there is the symbol for Uranus. And if you just follow uh, the same thinking and look at the house, that Taurus is in in your chart, here's where the pressure is getting stronger, right? Between the sun and whatever house it is in and Uranus in Taurus and whatever house that is in. So during the new moon, we may be coming up against 
obstacles, thought patterns, uh, beliefs, things that we need to be able to change and morph within ourselves in order to be able to take on the, the energy of the new, right? The new beginning that the new moon affords us. So there are many different ways to look at this. If we look at, I actually, I'm going to share my chart or share my chart. I'm going to share my screen. Let's see if I can do this correctly this morning. Uh, Chrome tab. Ooh, hold on. That isn't going to work. So let me bring up the picture first. There it is. And then go back and share. It's almost like this morning too, I nodded off and I forgot, like I had been having a conversation with one of my daughters and I forgot whether I hung up with her or not. Like I had this thought in my head that I had just gotten up to go hurry and blow dry my hair and get ready for the broadcast and that I'd left her open on the line. I don't remember ending the conversation. I'm like, oh my God, you are going nuts. You're going crazy. I came back to my phone and I looked and I went, oh, okay. Hey, there's, um, the line isn't open, so I must have hung up with her. But this is the case right now. So it could be very tempting to think we're losing it, right? That we are losing the edge. But really what's happening is there's just so much going on uh, in the charts and then by inference in our personal lives that that it can sometimes be a little bit crazy making, a little bit, a lot, a lot stressful even as we're trying to, you know, move through all of these differing energies. So what we're looking at right now is the chart of the new moon. So the new moon occurs on Sunday for everybody at um, uh, 9.49 a.m. East Coast time. So this is set for Washington, D.C. I always like to set it for the capital of the U.S. since I live in the U.S. For those of you who are in Europe or um, uh, in the uh, universal time, code or universal time zone, it'll be at 1.49 p.m. for you. And for those of us on the west coast of the U.S., it'll be at uh, 6.49 a.m. So it happens early, early in the morning for those of us on the, that's interesting because the first ferry I could get on, oops, never mind, I'm not going to say that. Uh, the the energy then is happening early in the day for most of us, early in the afternoon for those of you on the East Coast, or I mean on the in Europe. So what we have then here are the interlocking yods, and a yod is a 150 degree angle on one side and on the other to two planets. In this case, we have the North Node at the point. So the North Node becomes the release point for the yod in this particular instance. The north node in Gemini, so we're needing to follow our curiosity. We're needing to stay open to possibilities. That is the only way that we can um, satisfy this particular yod. The base, who's holding the base at the energy of the bottom is Saturn and the south node. So when we have this kind of setup, what we can say is that's 30, 60, 90, 120. So we have this energy of being able to uh, create a solid foundation first of where it is that we want to go. So we have likely we've already built that. Um, I think sometimes we are trying our hardest to build a foundation and we get caught up in the building of the foundation 
now's the time to understand the foundation has been built and to start moving toward what is coming or what new things that you want to generate in your life. The yod here is that at the point of Mercury, and Mercury in um, a an inconjunct to Pallas Athena and to the vertex, which is something we don't talk about very often here, but the vertex is just a very sensitive point in the chart where people that may enter your life and it may be for temporary, it may be for long term, but they have an impact on you. And then as well, Neptune very close there. So we have a sort of trio of points that are, are having to be adjusted or um, we're having to move with. And remember, Pallas Athena represents freedom and wisdom. So having to adjust our wisdom, the wisdom of our higher knowing, right, Neptune here, to the mind, Mercury, right? So we have to adjust to allow the higher mind to be in control and not just the lower mind. And then also Pluto, the regenerative planet, the power of regeneration here, the power of death and birth, right? The whole idea of that rebirthing process also in an in conjunct with Mercury. So if there's anything here that I can say about the chaos or about the craziness or about the upsets is that to do a mind dump, right? Get your mind square uh, to the changes that are occurring in your life on the planet and to allow yourself to let go of all of the preconceived notions that you have, of all of those inborn beliefs that you have. Unfortunately, these are all in uh, fixed signs, right? So we have um, the moon, the sun, and Mercury in a fixed sign, Leo. And then we have Uranus in a fixed sign, Taurus. And so we have, you know, a tendency to want to hold on to the way things have always been or into what's comfortable. But what we're really being asked in this new moon is to unseat the comfortable and move toward the unknown, right? Move toward that which makes your heart sing. And that's usually uncomfortable because we've been taught that we're not necessarily supposed to follow our heart. We're supposed to follow our minds. So this is very clearly telling us that we have to change that up, right? We have to let ourselves off the hook in that way. Now, then we also have, so here's the square. You can see from the sun and moon, both at 16 degrees of Leo, 16, 14, um, moving out toward Uranus, which is at 1444 during the new moon. But there's also uh, some uh, energy to um, Chiron here. So this happens to be a trine, yet 120, a trine. And the trine energy is a smooth flow. So if we choose to move forward, if we choose to let go of the contents of our mind that keeps holding us to an old thought system, an old belief system, then the potential for healing is tremendous, right? So we, we, we have a lot of bang for our buck, if you will, if we let go and release the mind and we start to move toward that which is possible, right? If we follow the heart to, toward what makes us feel good, to what makes us happy. So I'm going to stop sharing here at that and uh, see how everybody's reacting to that mm, question. So should I do, okay, is it, I think I need to go backwards here. 
Uh, good morning, Jennifer Peachy. Hello, Ursula. Uh, Mimi says this will majorly impact me. 8-8 eight, eight, baby and new moon. That's right. Your birthday's on August 8th. So your whole year, Mimi, is imbued with this. This also happens to be the day of the Sirius gate. This is uh, when the rising of Sirius uh, presaged the uh, flooding of the Nile for the Egyptians. So in ancient Egypt, this was a very powerful uh, portal and they called it the Lion's Gate and or the Lion Gateway. And uh, I am not, as I've told you guys before, I'm not big on these gateway things that open up, but it's pretty profound when the circumstances all come together on one day. So this would seem to me, Mimi, to be a profound year for you. So whatever house the sun comes back to in your solar return is the one that you really want to focus your energy on. What is going on? Uh, and maybe if we have some time today, I can pull up your chart if you want to as a solar return and uh, take a look at that. Just because it's interesting now to think about, you know, what might that mean? That also means that that uh, sun square Uranus is activated for the year for you as well. Now, the sun in Leo, remember, is very creative energy. So I don't want you to think it's all doom and gloom and we got to change and dump our minds and all of that, because there's also a very good reason why we would want to do that. And that's because all of this Leo energy is so profoundly creative right? It is leading us to be the truth and the self-expression of our true selves and creative artistically, creative in our relationships, creative in our health, creative in our finances, creative, you name it around the chart, that creativity is pretty, pretty high for us at this moment in time. And uh, as the co-creator of your reality, then you're able to take this and move it wherever you want to take it right? Where do you want to take it? By house in the chart, as I was saying earlier in the broadcast here, that's how you can sort of see what direction you might be moving it in. For example, in my own personal chart, Leo happens to be in the second house, which is about values, right? Values and income and self-worth. So what direction do I want to move my creativity that supports me living uh, according to my values, right? That That's huge, in um, that particular instance. Let's say Leo is in your first house, then the uh, impetus of this energy is about recreating yourself, a new you, right? Who are you? Who do you want to be? Who is your I am, right? So it's there. Let's say it's in your eighth house, which is the house of transformation. What are you transforming? What are you having to let go of? So depending on where all of these things are falling, then it's an important key to what it is that you need to let go of or what you need to move toward. And the tools that we have to do that are Uranus, who creates a liberation pathway or an awakening pathway, if you will. Chiron, which does the healing in this case, the two interlocking yods that are going to help us adjust our thinking and adjust our destinies to match what it was that we came here from our heart to uh, do. So uh, I just noticed something else. Uh, Amanda J. Taurus is in my first. So you're, you're experiencing Uranus in your first house. So you are undergoing a personal liberation time, right? That's what you are. Taurus in the ninth house, Ursula, you are undergoing a, uh, a change of 
how of broadening your horizons of your philosophy, your belief system, how you may be more traveling, that kind of thing, seeing the bigger picture. Um, I just saw somebody, I thought it was you, Asa, that said that, good morning, Stephanie. Good morning, Sue McCarthy. Uh, Monique, hello. All right. So I think it was you, Asa, that said your moon is in Leo at 16 degrees. If that's the truth, then this is a very powerful new moon for you. Um, but hopefully you and I are going to chat later and I can give you some ideas about what that means for you. But just because the, the, the new moon, this is a personal new moon kind of as well for you. So it really represents a whole new beginning. And anytime you have... Leo prominent in a chart, it is often a place where you lack confidence, at least initially, where sometimes you're hesitant to follow your heart because of the impact that might have on other people, what other people might say, what other might, you know, what others might do um, if you begin living your life from your heart. Um, but the real call for you is to begin living your life from your heart. And literally, when we ignore that, we start to physically have uh, symptoms in our bodies that show us that we're not living according to our heart. It could be anxiety. It could be higher blood pressure. It could be, and, and these are correlations. It doesn't necessarily point to a physical ailment, but you could start to feel your heart racing or uh, skipping beats or that anxiety, that pressure. So it will tell you if you're in the right place or if you're not in the right place so you can keep adjusting. And uh, that energy then begins a process for you for the whole of the month uh, from new moon until full moon. There's a part of that, that transit and then from the full moon to the next new moon that you'll have to work through. So again, we can talk more about that uh, later. Uh, okay, Leo's Amy D's rising sign. So that's the first house. Absolutely. And then again, it's very much like um, Amanda J, where you are undergoing a personality change. But for you, because it's Leo, uh, it'll be the sun and the moon and Mercury. So they're bringing you new messages, new viewpoints, new ways of thinking uh, that are potentially new personalities for you, a new way of being in your personality. Maybe even uh, because the sun will have come out of your 12th house, uh, maybe you are in more awareness of what's been hidden from you, right? More of the hidden you starting to be more uh, willing to come out and play. And don't underestimate Leo's urge to play, right? To be in a state of play, to be in a state of fun and pleasure and doing things in a creative, fun, joyful way. He really is the big child of the Zodiac, right? So we have uh, um, Leo energy that's playful and childlike, Gemini energy that takes on that childlike energy, Aries that takes on that childlike energy. We have Chiron and Aries triggering the wound around being able to connect to that childlike enthusiasm, fun and play. We have a lot going on in Gemini right now with the North Node there, the uh, Black Moon Lilith having just moved there, and uh, Ceres having just moved into Gemini. And uh, the previous solar eclipse in June was here. And so we're still under that influence of that solar eclipse. So we're sort of moving anything out of the way that has been stymieing our creative 
curiosity, our childlike enthusiasm for the new, for the possible. And then, of course, Leo, the big kid of the Zodiac. So it's not that the other signs aren't youthful. Those are just the three that always pop into my mind. And since those three signs have very powerful energies in them, don't forget Eris. She's still an Aries. And she's still prompting us to become interdependent, to let go of codependency, to become more of our true selves, to be more inclusive, allowing others into our lives for this. So, um, hi, Ferdeus. It's great to see you, too. Uh, so lots of great people showing up this morning. All of you are great. Allison D, happy birthday, Mimi, she says. And uh, it's wonderful to see you all today. I love that. Uh, Janet Ballou, hello. Gosh, good to see you. Natasha, hello. Uh, so it's great to see. Great to see you. I love it. Thank you all for coming out and uh, being with me here today. Uh, so now I want to switch over a moment and talk about the human design aspect of the new moon. And it's actually the only notes I actually wrote were these very short notes about the new moon uh, and its um, <laughs> connection to human design this morning. And then all, all I got from that was the, the keywords. So for um, the moon and, and the sun, this is where the sun and the moon are going to be in a conjunction. That's what the new moon is on the physical level, right? That they would be occupying the same degree of the sky, not necessarily the same declination or space, right? Because otherwise we'd have a, a, a sun moon collision, but they're occupying the same degree of the constellation uh, or of the zodiac sign. And they are also occupying then the same gate in your human design. And that happens to be the gate seven. Now the gate seven sits on the um, identity center and it moves up toward the throat. And I think if you're looking at your chart, it is in the upper left corner of the identity center uh, going up toward the throat center. And it is known as a gate that is in support of leadership. But here's something I find really interesting in quantum human design, Karen has renamed this gate collaboration. And when I checked the traditional human design name of this gate, it was uniformity. And when I checked Dane Rudyard's uh, symbolic energy for the degree of this particular sun-moon combination, it was about togetherness and dedication to a collective ideal. So uh, and if we look at the gene keys, what we have is in the lowest frequency, division, in the gift frequency, guidance, in the highest frequency, virtue. So we're taking the path of division to virtue through guidance. So what we have is a supportive leadership role. And what I mean by that is not necessarily being the figurehead, not necessarily being the president, not necessarily being the head or the chairman, but being the support behind that helps the collaboration to move forward and to bear fruit. So with the gate seven in this particular aspect, we have a lot of potential to be able to help one another to achieve goals, to achieve our dreams, to, to bring about an ideal and to set aside our petty differences, right? When in the one thing you learn when somebody passes away in your life, this is a big lesson, I think, for the whole of the world, but I just experienced this myself is that all the petty bullshit that we have between us goes no goes away. It just disappears. It falls away. Some of the most profound things that happened in my own family uh, since Brian passed away 
uh, are things like a healing that I witnessed between my son, my other son, Wesley, and a cousin, his cousin, my nephew, where they hadn't spoken in maybe two years, a year and a half, something like that. So I witnessed this profound healing between them. And then I witnessed a profound healing between my nephew and his parents, my sister, who came down to be with me um, uh, during that time. So out of these tragedies, sometimes we see how all of those things that are uh, that we held between us are just nothing, right? They're gone. Think about the biggest tragedies we've experienced as a people uh, here in the U.S., for example, 9-11, or after a hurricane, or after a big earthquake, or after things that have happened in any place around the world, where there's this outpouring of love and generosity and the spirit of uh, togetherness, right? Of of moving forward and being dedicated to the healing for uh, each person that was involved in the tragedy or, you know, just that heart, right? But why do we have to have that kind of experience in order to bring us together? Uh, technically, we don't, right? Technically, we don't. The energy here shows us that our human design is designed, we are designed to be together in togetherness and in collaboration and in co-creation. So with the sun-moon combination here at this gate, it reminds us so powerfully uh, with this energy of the new, finding ways to be together, finding ways to collaborate, finding ways where we can support one another, finding ways that we can let go of the petty you-know-what that sits between us right? There is no point anymore in it. It divides us. It is the shadow energy here. It's fear energy. And this new moon, a new moon always gives us an opportunity to start something new. It's always about the new. It's always about the, I'm going to take a tentative step forward. And maybe I'm even going to jump two feet in to this new way of being. And the universe is supporting us in that at this point in time. So whew, I need to get off my soapbox there. Um, I hear you, Amy D says, lots of small stuff we let get in the way of living to the fullest. Absolutely. Um, in the in the group, the 64 doors I am in, they renamed it to the Alpha, uh, renamed the seven, the gate seven to the alpha. I think there is a certain sense that in some of the human design books, you'll see it as the alpha. Um, I, I don't know what I think about that particular term. It sort of makes me think of the beginning. Maybe if it was alpha omega, right, where it was the beginning and the end, right, that continuous infinity symbol that says that we are all always interconnected, then I might have a more affinity for that name. Um, but indeed, it is a very powerful energy that this particular new moon is sitting at. And in fact, the sun is already in this gate, right? The sun has already moved there. Uh, if I look at my little trusty handy dandy book, it moved into gate seven uh, yesterday. And this is also a gate that takes us into the turning of this, the quarters in um in the seasons, let's say, it, it, it was a cross-quarter day, if we look at this through the lens of um, uh, Wicca or the nature traditions, right? The cross-quarter day was really somewhere around the 1st or the 2nd of August. It escapes me what the name of that cross-quarter day is. Somebody that might be out there that knows, let me know. Um, 
in human design, it's the turning into the third quarter of the year. And the third quarter of the year is where we begin to see the, um, the, the, the fruits of our labors, right? Where we see the seeds that were planted in the first quarter that have been nourished and taken care of in the second quarter begin to bear fruit in the third quarter. So we, uh, we start to, to see the, uh, the things that we've put into play, bringing us uh, positive or perhaps negative even. Um, Lammas, that's it. Thanks, Christine. Ah, I thought it was Lammas, but then I thought, no, that's the other one. But anyway, Lammas, right? So the cross quarter days, they are always reminders of us that the wheel of the year keeps turning. And as it turns, new opportunities unveil themselves to us. The opportunity unveiled now as of yesterday, the 5th, is all about uh, bringing things into fruition, the harvest, right? We're starting the season of the harvest. I was driving yesterday uh, into uh, to pick up Londa to go on a, a girl's day, and I couldn't believe how tall the corn was, right? How tall the corn had gotten just like in the week since I was out, or maybe I just hadn't noticed I've been so in tunnel vision. The corn is tall, right? It's tall. I mean, Typically, we don't get to harvest corn around here, I think, until late August or early September. But I, it's looking to me like it's going to be harvestable any day. So the fruits of our labors, the fruits of the work that we've been doing, this, the seeds that we planted back in January, February, and March are starting to bear that fruit. And being open to that, right, and to collaborate with others, this is an opportune time. Maybe what you thought you could do alone, you can't right? That you need other people. You need others' advice. You need other people's um, presence to help you get to where you are. That's something else we see in human design, right? Is that our energy excels when we are drawn together with others. So uh, let me show you a human design chart. Did I open that up? Uh, let's see if I can share. Oh, I almost invited instead. Okay. So sharing a window. A Chrome tab. There we go. Chart builder. Ha. All right. So this is the human design chart. Um, really, all the information on here is just about the sun and moon and then also the earth. So the sun and moon here at the gate seven. Now, remember this center, this identity center. What is in this center? Because this is important to note, too. This is a center for love. This is the center for direction. This is the center that holds or contains the magnetic monopole, which is just another way of saying it holds a magnet that has only a one-way ability, and that's attractive in force. It cannot repel. It can only attract to you, and it attracts to you the people, the opportunities, the experiences that are in alignment with where your heart and your mind and your emotions are focused on. So it's attractive, and it is it's sort of doing your bidding. What I mean by that is if you're focused on the things that you want, that you desire, that are in alignment with your soul, that you feel good about, then it is attracting to you the people, the circumstances, the opportunities, the tools, the timing for you to have what it is that you're focusing on. Now, let's say you're focused on fear. Let's say you're focused on division and how crappy the world is and how chaotic and crazy it is and how nothing seems to be happening the way that you want it to happen. Well, 
the magnetic monopole begins to attract to you what it thinks it is that you want to focus on more chaos, more division, more crazy, more, you know, not getting what you want. So we have to be very aware here of what we're doing. Now, let's say, uh, because this happens frequently, is that we are out of alignment. Let's say our mind is saying one thing, our heart is telling us something else, but our emotional selves are telling us yet another thing. Now we have this chaos and what we're seeing is more of that chaotic um, expression in our lives. Maybe, you know, one step forward, one step back, or one st two steps forward, one step back, where we're not able to actually affect the field in any very powerful way. Um, so that confusion um, becomes anxiety, it becomes worry, it becomes fear. So we have to be aligned, right? It's alignment. And what this center aligns most powerfully with is love. And if you are someone who has this center defined, if in if by definition it would be uh, yellow, if it's defined in your chart, the center would be yellow. It'd have color in it. That would mean that you're here to broadcast love, right? That's your job. That is your soul's, um, because this is the seed of the soul. One of the things your soul is here to do is to broadcast love. I have a defined center. That's what I'm here to do, broadcast love. If you have this center open, and that if it's open, it's white. And that means you're taking in love. You're meant to take it in. You're meant to see yourself as worthy, as loved, as lovable. But sometimes it's hard to see that because that center, when it's open, depends on who it is that you've surrounded yourself by, right? The people that are around you. If you're around loving people that are generous of spirit, who are kind, uh, then that's how you're going to see yourself. But if you have surrounded yourself with people that are critical or judgmental or harsh or, you know, not very nice, um, then that's how you're going to see yourself. So open center, you're receiving love and taking it in, amplifying it and rebroadcasting it. If you have it defined, you're broadcasting love. Well, one of the gates of, of that kind of love here is collaborative togetherness energy right on the collective so we are deny we are defined or uh, designed to broadcast togetherness right not there's no gate of of uh division there, there's energy of division but there's no gate that tells us that human beings are meant to be divided now the earth the earth is always the one that kind of puts the challenge out in front of us right so the earth is where our feet are on the ground uh where we're grounded into the planet and having that grounding in the gate 13 means we have to be good listeners right we have to be able to hear if this gate is very auditory and it holds stories remember the gate 33 we talked about i think this on uh monday and it's really the gate of the storyteller well the 13 is the listener it receives the story it receives and it holds on to it listens with its openness with its heart um and then it holds that space for forgiveness even right to be expressed for that in this case the togetherness the virtue of being together and being collaborative to be in uh alignment with one another uh, by forgiving the story, the old story, forgiving the the ways that we've been. So huge energies that are with us. I guess I'm really not sharing my screen after all, am I? 
because it doesn't look like I'm sharing. No, I was sharing. Okay, good. <laughs> um, so I'm going to stop screen sharing coming back here. Uh, Ursula says, I'm an undefined G center and happily taking in your love today, Janet. <laughs> You're welcome. JLo, it has been happening to my 17 year old as she's an emotional projector and learning little by little about HD and now opening up. She is so nervous about so much. Um, yeah, right. That anxiety. Each of the centers does sort of mediate anxiety in some ways. Um, for example, the will center, the little uh, triangle that for most of you, it's white and it sits right next to the yellow diamond. So um, only about an eighth of the population has that defined. Um, and their their battle within is a little bit different. But the openness in that center can sometimes uh, hold the anxiety of not living true to oneself. It's a center that is really very much connected to our ego and and you know ego is not a bad word we all have an ego that helps us maintain our life living here on the planet it sometimes serves us and sometimes of course it doesn't um the the point is to try to make you know the ego be a servant to you to your heart to your soul and to help you you know get to where you want to go uh sometimes the anxiety comes up because we're trying to push things to happen and we're trying to make things happen that aren't yet ready to happen. So we're trying to force it. And sometimes we're competing. We're competing with others. It's almost sometimes a silent competition. You might not even recognize it as a competition, but you feel like you have to keep up with the Joneses, if you will, and to keep going and going and going. That center can become a source of burnout, right? A place where through pushing, through uh, trying to make things happen, you're using energy that isn't always there because that energy pulses on and off. So we have to be very careful with that. Um, anxiety comes up in the uh, head center and in the ajna, mental anxiety, right? When we get out of our bodies and into our heads, when we become fixed in the way that we are thinking about something, when we get into stinking thinking, as opposed to being open-minded or to you know, see possibilities, we can get into mental anxiety because we're trying to find a way to think our way out of something. And there is, you know, thinking is, is powerful, but it's also just awareness. There's no energy in the centers in the head to do anything. Right. So we can it creates anxiety and stress for us. The the spleen, another source of anxiety, survival energy. Remember, all of the gates of the spleen can also be fear gates. And in fear, um, uh, sorry, hey, so oh, there is a question. Uh, I will answer that question in a minute. Uh, in in fear, of course, we can create survival anxiety where we're afraid we're afraid all the time i'm not going to keep my job i'm not going to have a job i'm not going to find a job i'm not going to have an income my house is going to be repossessed i'm going to blah 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 and again what happens right now you're telling your uh direction center your identity center that you want more of that experience It'll attract to you more things that match that experience because that's what it's hearing. It's saying, oh, okay, let's rearrange, right? Instead of giving you what you desire because you're so focused on what you don't want to have happen or what you're afraid is going to happen, we'll give you more of that. And that just increases that anxiety. 
This is all quantum physics, right? These are not things that are just woo-woo anymore. These are quantifiable by experiments that have been done that what we focus on, we are creating. So it's incumbent upon all of us, if we want to live in a more peaceful world, we have to focus on peace. If we want to live on a more prosperous planet, we have to be more prosperous. If we want to live on a planet whose climate has settled down, then we have to focus on climate in a good way, not in the negative, oh my God, it's we're going down the drain, we're going to die, we're going to have, you know, we have to focus on what it is we truly desire, what aligns us with our heart and what makes us feel good, or else that anxiety is a distinct possibility. All right, hopefully that's helpful to you, JLo, or helpful in helping you with your um, your daughter. Um, okay, now, um, new comments further down. Oh, gosh, Corey, thanks. I did see an email come up. Hi, Suzanne. Uh, good to see you. Uh, we were just talking about the cross quarter days and the uh, the year, the 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 wheel of the year, uh, because we were sitting here at now what is becoming the third quarter, and I was trying to remember what that holiday was, that cross quarter day. Somebody said Lammas. Uh, uh, let me know if that's. I, I'm pretty sure that's correct, but let me know what your thoughts are about us just entering into this third quarter of the year uh, through the the discipline that you you follow. Now, before I answer uh, the question that was asked, I want to take a look real quickly because, oh my gosh, I have not looked at my, I did look at it one day. I finally turned it to August. Not sure I was ready yet to let go of July. I wanted to check and see what gate, the, or I mean, what uh, uh, the energy of the Pleiadian calendar was for the new moon. And we're on, oh, isn't this fantastic? It's in 10 choosing. 10 choosing. So 10 is the universal energy of manifestation. So no wonder I put a lot of emphasis on this manifesting energy, because in the in the the day 10, what we focused on is what we manifest. So it tells you beware, right, what you're focusing on. Because if your mind is wandering off into the 10, the things that you don't want, that is what you are going to focus. I mean, that is what you're going to manifest, right? So it's a manifesting day. The new moon on a manifesting day means we have to be very powerfully aligned if we want to move forward in a direction that is of our choosing. Choosing was the other energy of that day. And for God's sakes, my mind went blank. Choosing in, oh, oh yeah. Uh, choosing energy in the Mayan calendar was ebb. It was about the road and the, the road where we come to with a fork in the road or what road do we want to travel on? So again, being very clear about what it is that we are focusing our, our mind, our attention, our thoughts, our hearts on in order to, uh, there's the word I was looking for, lunasad, lunasa. I'm not sure if I'm even saying that right, but lu the, the L-U-G-H. Love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So Lamus Lunasa. And I'm not even sure I said that right, but okay, we'll just pretend I did. Um, <laughs> so new moon, powerful, right? Uh, a very powerful time for us in this particular um, uh, lunation. So Asa has a question from Allison D. Is it just me or have there been more yods lately? No, it is not just you. There have been. They have been brief. Luckily, it's not like the Saturn Uranus square that's been with us all year. That's going to continue to be with us through the rest of the year. Uh, so it's not been permanent or, you know, feels like it's semi-permanent. It's been movable. 
And as the inner planets have been moving through uh, the sign of uh, Leo, it's been triggering the yachts, right? It's been triggering uh, the the different energies that that support those things that we have to adjust, those things that we might have to uh, sacrifice, right? What must we let go of in order to move forward? So I hope that answers your question. Yes, indeed, there have been more, but they have been short-lived, thankfully, <laughs> short-lived. That doesn't mean that they aren't powerful though, right? And they can catalyze sometimes. Uh, we had that big catalyzing day when Venus and Mars were coming together. Uh, and uh, I, I can't help but think that that had something to do with my son's passing as well, because that was exact on July 13th, I believe it was. And he passed on the 11th. So I'm thinking there was something about that in terms of timing, because Mars was the catalyst in, in uh, that particular time. Um, Luna saw. Okay, thank you, Suzanne. So that's how you would say it. So Lamus Luna saw is the cross quarter day that we just moved through. And it's also shown in our human design as of yesterday, when we moved into the third quarter of the human design year, where we begin to bring the harvest in, right, the seeds that were planted earlier in the year coming to fruition. And um, yes, Allison, I'm going to pull a card for the collective for the new moon. And um, I'm also, oh, good, good, Mimi. I like that idea. Uh, writing up uh, something, you know, an intention for the new moon. Very powerful. Um, so let's get some cards, shall we? Uh, I'm going to move my books out of the way. Holy cow. I don't know. I'm going to pull an animal card first for the collective for us for the new moon, which was asked for. Um, I have 10 minutes. So if people would like a card reading, please let Asa know. And Asa, let me know that they would like a reading, uh, a card. And right now, though, I'm pulling for the collective. This is an animal from the animal deck, a spirit guide to lead us into the new moon. And ooh, eagle eagle spirit. Um, it says spirit has your back. I don't know if you guys can see that it's number 23, which is a five bald eagle, eagle spirit. So let's see what that says. And ooh, there was a card under it that was also pulled swan spirit time for the deep dive. I kind of feel like this is the card for today and tomorrow. And that eagle is really the one for the new moon. So I'm going to read the eagle one first. This is technically for the new moon. And it was right side up. And it says, think of the eagles flying high above the other birds, soaring on the wind. Eagle spirit has appeared to ask whether you're willing to soar to new heights, even if that means solitude for a short while. Truly, all of the wisdom of the world is available to you. When storms flash across the sky, it is eagle spirit that raises you above it all, helping you conquer fear and overcome adversity, reminding you that spirit has your back and wants you to experience life at its fullest. At this moment, you are meant to know that you have the highest of wisdom and courage within gifted to you by spirit and all the angels. Boldly build your nest in a lofty space and know that now you can fly effortlessly proudly embodying eagle spirit in all her glory and grace claiming what is truly yours in divine timing i love it that's perfect for that new moon 
But now I want to read the Swan Spirit card. I don't know if I showed it to you, but here's the Swan card I did. Uh, card 60. So now we have, we're moving from the five, from the six to the five, actually. Countdown. Uh, but this one, I believe, is more appropriate to the day today and tomorrow as we prepare for the new moon on Sunday. And it says, with their graceful long necks, swans are able to reach into the depths. When swan spirit arrives, you are called to take a deep dive beyond what is easily available on the surface. You may think you know what is best for you now, but take the plunge into the depths of your awareness, for there is knowledge you are not aware of and great treasures to discover. Deeper understanding awaits you and a perspective that comes from greater self-knowledge is what you need right now to better understand a situation or relationship. As you come to know yourself more intimately, so too will you come to better know others. So Swan Spirit asks you to go beyond the surface of what is happening between you and others and resist the temptation to judge by superficial appearances. Know there is much deeper potential for loving connections, forgiveness, and mutual understanding. Choose to dive deep into your why. Asking the deeper questions of yourself, you are led by the grace of Swan Spirit. Love it. Okay, Asa, who wants cards? Let's see. I see Diane Oben. Hello, Jennifer Davenport, Crystal Manila. So I see those first three. Um, so Jennifer Swan has been showing up in my life more consistently recently. I love that. So Diane, you were the first one I saw here. So I'm going to give you a card from the... Wisdom of the Oracle. We call it Woto. Uh, Wisdom of the Oracle by Colette Baron reed And this will give you guidance for your new moon. I think, aren't you a, a Leo too, Diane? I, don't, I, I, I seem to remember that you were. And what you need is a leg up. A leg up. It is card number 34, which is a seven. It was upside down. So it's a protection message. There we go. Leg up the polar bear. So let's see what that one brings us as information for you. Card 34. Okay, the protection message. The basic meaning of this card, by the way, is receiving help, delegating authority and interdependence. And it says, are you always insisting on doing everything yourself? Do you have little faith that help will come, convinced that the burden of the world is doomed to remain on your shoulders? Your beliefs about going it alone need to be discarded as they do not serve you at all. Let others help you. Yes, it will make you feel vulnerable to admit you need a helping hand, but to be vulnerable is good for you have a lesson to learn. You must let someone else assist. You can't do life all by yourself. Once you shift your expectations, you'll be amazed by how quickly help arrives to give you a leg up. So that's for you, Diane. August 8th, your birthday's on Sunday too. Oh my goodness. So your whole year is uh, a new year. This is a whole new new um, time for you. Uh, Jennifer Davenport, also Leo Sun, Cancer Moon, Gemini Rising. Wonderful combination that. Um, and... Jennifer, I'm thinking that you also wisdom of the, oh, no, hold on. 
uh, where I'm missing some cards. Where are my... Where did she go? You need a dragon card, Jennifer. So, the dragons. These are very powerful cards. And powerful messages come from the dragons. So here we have, for this power time for you, a dragon. The Archangel Gabriel's dragon brings purification. Self-discipline will speed ascension and bring joy. You can carry Archangel Gabriel's diamond. Look at this beautiful card. I'm going to hold it back a little bit and then bring it in. Look at that. Archangel Gabriel. So let's see what this dragon holds for you. And I got to figure out where he belongs first. What um, dimension is he in? Archangel Gabriel. He is, wow, where are you? He's a fifth dimension dragon. And it says, fifth dimensional diamond white dragons serve Archangel Gabriel, the mighty pure white angel of clarity, joy, and hope. When we are ready to connect more deeply to him, his dragons shine their crystal light into our energy fields and physical body, allowing deep cleansing and purification to take place. They light up our true essence and we become transparent to the spiritual world. This means that all the lower energies that have not been released from our auric field become visible. So it is important to forgive, love, and respect ourselves and others so that our aura becomes totally clear. Then the dragons will rejoice for we are ready to walk the diamond ascension path. They will lead the way, clearing and energizing our sparkling new high frequency journey and bring us clarity, hope, and joy so that Archangel Gabriel with his diamond wings can over light us. Here's your guidance, Jennifer. Receiving this card implies you are expected to cooperate with Archangel Gabriel's diamond white dragons using self-examination and self-discipline to accelerate your ascension. The dragons can then illuminate you internally with happiness, clarity, and higher expectation. You will become a shining beacon and will automatically radiate light that shows others the way. You will have earned the right to be a walking master. You will carry in your fields the glorious light of Archangel Gabriel's cosmic diamond, which is a life-transforming ascension tool. <laughs> the diamond white dragons will swirl and dance around you, ensuring that glittering, shimmering cosmic diamond stays securely in place over your energy fields. It will protect your aura and fill you with joy, purity, and bliss. Wowzy wow. Wow, 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 wow. Huge, 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 huge. Uh, okay, so after Jennifer was uh, Corey, is that right? Corey, Ferdy, Mimi, Ursula, and Andy. Okay, so uh, I'm going to stay a little longer this morning to do this. And Corey, I have a wisdom of the oracle for you. Um Asa, please tell me if I'm leaving somebody out um, because, okay. Ah, uh, Corey, 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 Yin. Ooh, nice. Here's Yin. It's card number two. 
I find this interesting, Corey, because the planet Uranus is sitting at the gate to in human design, which is also the most yin gate in human design, which means it's meant to be receptive. Note that there's a bowl here that is a repository or a receiver of something. So let's see what this means for you. Number two, yin. Um, the essential meaning is the feminine principle of receptivity, letting someone else make the first move, gathering information and taking in cues, the art of conscious allowing. And here's your message. This is a time of calculated receptivity as you gracefully await what is coming to you, ready to accept it when it appears. Yin does not involve frozen dreams or even resting, but rather consciously allowing things to flow to you, poised to receive the bounty that will be made available to you. It implies sensitivity as you alertly study the actions of others and contemplate how they will affect you and yours. Remember, you must make space for miracles to appear. Be the shaped, not the shaper, and you'll see how quickly your dreams manifest. Mm, I think that's such a great message. Great, great message. Mimi, Mimi, Mimi. Mimi, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I was gonna pull you an animal card, but last second, the animal that wants to be pulled is a dragon. So Mimi, here's a dragon, probably because you also have that eight, August 8th gate. And you have the white gold dragon from Lyra, connects you to the highest Christ light. Develop your causal chakra, bathe in ninth dimensional Christ light. Isn't that a beautiful dragon? See if I can bring it in a little bit. So the white gold dragon from Lyra. And now I just need to find the dragon book. Ah, there you are. So that is a ninth dimensional dragon. That makes that faster. Um, a white gold dragon from Lyra, 98. Okay, so Mimi. Uh, Lyra is the cross-shaped 12th dimensional stargate through which Archangel Christiel and the unicorns enter our universe. The light from Lyra pours down through the moon, allowing scintillating seventh dimensional dragons to step through into the vibration of Earth. These white gold dragons embody the highest frequency of the Christ light available to everyone on this planet. They work closely with Archangel Christiel, who is in charge of the development of the causal chakras of humanity. This is particularly important now as our causal chakra is our connection to the higher dimensions of spirit the dragons, angels, unicorns, and masters. The white gold dragons from Lyra help to clear and develop our causal chakra and illuminate our highest possible ascension path. And here's your guidance. These white gold dragons are attracted to you now because you already carry Christ's light in your aura. Ask one to take you to the ninth dimensional pool of Christ energy held in Lacume. Visualize yourself bathing in the pool, which shimmers and swirls with pure love and light. Feel yourself absorbing all you are ready to receive. When you return, continue to feel the white gold light in your aura and practice pure, unconditional love in your daily life. Your aura will radiate the incredible high frequency of white gold 
and the white gold dragon from Lyra will support you by continuing to pour Christ light into you. Take time to find a quiet, still place where you can listen to its wisdom and guidance. Another powerful dragon. Uh, okay, so Corey Ferdy, you're next for Deus, um, Naili, um, and then Ursula and Andy. Okay, so Ferdy. I'm feeling wisdom of the oracle for you. Let me check my messages here to make sure. Asa didn't have something she wanted to say. I don't Stop. Um, Crystal, I forgot about you too. Okay. I'm going to be here for a while, it looks like. Ferdy, okay, you're next. Hmm. The tribe, also in upside down so in protection the tribe is card number eight and look at that it's so cute with the giraffes the tribe let's see what this one means for you uh interesting eight right the new moon on the eighth eight being the number of abundance but also of the connection between spirit and human uh being the embodied spirit tribe Essential meaning, community, belonging, being seen and understood by others, like-minded connections, a sense of family and friendship, knowing your place in the world. And the uh, message, the protection message, as it was upside down, says, beware of compromising your integrity in order to belong. How do you dim your light or change yourself so others will accept you in the tribe? Do you hide who you really are in order to play a role within the larger whole? This will never fulfill you. Now is the time to assess your willingness to be real. Stand tall, be you. Authenticity is true self-expression and is the only way to empower yourself. Don't be afraid to be yourself and step into the role your heart tells you to take. Making yourself small bears too high of a cost. Hmm. The tribe. I think that's a good message for all of us. And remember, for those of you who are um, maybe, you know, new or haven't been here for a while, when we are drawing these cards, they may hold messages for all of us, not just the people I'm drawing them for. Uh, Ursula, 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 I'm, in, interestingly enough, going to need another deck for you. And it is another Colette Baron Reed deck, the seven energies. So let's see what that, you guys can't even believe my desk. I'm going to have a collapse here in a minute. So Ursula, this is for you. Mm. Ah, this is called a burst of magic, a burst of magic. The card number is 48, which is a 12, which is a three self-expression, creativity, the tendency maybe to get too much in your head, but it says a burst of magic. Let's see what that has as a message. 48. So it is in the love layer or in energy seven, which is, is that energy seven? Yeah. Energy seven, which is actually thought. 48. Here we go. Key concepts. An epiphany, a sudden higher 
knowing a sense that everything has a purpose, your purpose as a gift bestowed upon you, cultivating conscious contact with a higher power, coming to know what calls to you and lights you up. Sometimes, sometimes you may find that something you'd been pondering or a dilemma you'd let go of revisits you without warning. It may hit you while you're thinking about nothing, or the trigger may be just the right words arising in a conversation, a book, or a blog. An epiphany strikes like a lightning bolt, waking you up to a truth that has previously eluded you. It's as if the whole world stops in that moment as you integrate the missing pieces of the puzzle you were meant to solve all along. This is such a time for you now. Answers are coming directly from source and being downloaded into you with such force of conviction that you cannot be the same again. Be grateful for this beautiful burst of magic. It is not an everyday gift. Inherent in this is the knowledge that spirit is always listening to you. Spirit is your loving partner, reminding you that you are not alone. Even when it appears that you are trapped, you always have a key to unlock the solution if you cultivate the willingness to be open to open to and in tune with source. The answers you seek come when you stop looking for them. Be mindful today. When information pops up out of the blue, pay attention. The action you need to take will become obvious as you integrate this magical wisdom. Regardless of the subject of your inquiry, you will be transformed. Only good will come of this. Love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. All right. Ursula, very good. Andy girl. Andy, Andy, you're welcome, Diane. You're welcome, Mimi, Suzanne. Um, Andy girl, I'm thinking for you. No, get out of my head, get into my heart. Again, another seven energies for you. The seven energy deck, um, which one of Colette's newer decks. I think it came out last year. And you get a Merry Motive. Card 20, which is a two. A Merry Motive. It's very light, very light oriented. There seems to be a lot of stars. If you can see the shapes of the stars hanging on the line, a lot of light at the bottom. A Merry Motive. That sounds to me like fun. Number 20. Okay, the key concept here, knowing your own motives, understanding what drives you to meet your goals, the momentum your attention creates, the wisdom behind your intentions. You've chosen a path, you've set an intention, and you've begun to move toward a goal. You feel compelled to keep going, but do you know the why behind this drive? Do you truly want what you're pursuing or are you chasing a destination with the anticipation of how it will make others yeah. feel about you or you feel about yourself. You must choose to be in the flow of the experience, relishing the moment. Surrender your expectations to a higher power rather than being guided by your limited self. The most important aspect to consider now is where you place your focus, because that's where energy will flow. If you are resentful, the outer world will show you more opportunities to be resentful. If you are envious of others, competitive and overly ambitious, you will always feel as if you are not enough. If you focus on gratitude and compassion for others, you will see even more reasons to be grateful and loving. When you look for abundance, it has an uncanny way of multiplying in your life. 
So if you're unsure about your motives, the results will be just as unclear. Dig deep to understand your why. If your true desire is to experience X, let go of your attachment to the form that X is supposed to come in. Make sure your motive is merry and joyful, clear and honest and aim true. Trust that the universe will provide the outcome that is a perfect match for your intention. It always does. That was for you, Andy girl. Uh, okay, now after, um, okay. I told you I was going to have a tower collapse here. And let's see who is, uh, yes, please everybody hit the thumbs up button. Uh, if you are liking the video, share it with your friends. Crystal, I missed you. Crystal needs a dragon. Crystal, Crystal needs a dragon. And no, I, I did, I missed you, but you're not missed at all, right? You're right here in my midst. Um, so Crystal, the dragons, as you might've seen with the other cards, are pretty powerful beings and they support us in pretty ooh, powerful ways. You, my friend, have an earth and fire dragon, works with you to clear the fifth dimensional ley lines. It is time for service. When you give, you receive. So here's your card, the earth and fire dragon, earth and fire. Great combo. Let's see what that talks about. Um, well, I better look here first. Earth and fire, page 28. This is a card of service for the fourth dimensional brown and orange earth and fire dragons are calling on us now to help them clear and light up the new ley lines of our beautiful planet. The original ley lines were called dragon lines for they were maintained by the dragons of old. Now a new fifth dimensional ley line system is being placed into the earth to carry golden Christ energy and to prepare the planet for the new golden age. The dragons of earth and fire move through these lines, creating a path of light through which the higher love frequencies can flow. Here's your guidance. Humbly invoke these dragons and have a sense of the power of the flaming orange fire combined with the grounding brown earth. Reach out a hand to touch the dragons, then visualize earth being crisscrossed with lines of golden light. Picture these dragons anchoring this golden Christ energy wherever there are sacred places on the globe. Mentally place a golden flame at each of these sacred portals until you sense our planet lighting up. Whenever you are out walking or driving, ask the magnificent earth and fire dragons to travel along the ley lines below you. Bring the Christ light down through you so that they can distribute it where it is most needed. When you give, you receive. The earth and fire dragons will illuminate the challenges on your route ahead. And as soon as you have acknowledged them, they will dissolve them. This will smooth your path. It will also allow you to step lightly into your role as a master of the new golden age. Love it. I love it. So earth and fire dragon was for you, Crystal. Okay. Dragon. Okay. So who was after Crystal? I think that is Suzanne. And if I'm missing someone, I'm going to, I'll check my phone before to make sure I didn't miss someone, but Suzanne. Um, 
I'm feeling an animal card for you, interestingly enough. A spirit animal. All right, so let's see. Suzanne. This is Suzanne Fulmer, by the way. And let's see what animal. Hawk spirit. So we've had two raptors this morning, the eagle and now the hawk. Hawk spirit says, let spirit be your guide. It is over here. Card number 32, a five. Like eagle. Eagle was 23. Hawk is 32. Reverses the numbers, but same five, right? Freedom. The constructive use of freedom, change perhaps. Let's see what Hawk says. 32. And it was upside down, so it's also a protection message when I first pulled it. So Hawk says, are you noticing red flags? Perhaps saying to yourself, oh, what pretty flags, and giving them no more thought? Hawk spirit has arrived to tell you to stop and listen to the messages from spirit. Take the time to observe the patterns you are seeing and do not dismiss your intuition, even if the messages you receive are not supported by evidence in the physical world. If it feels illogical to listen right now, listen anyway. Sometimes you might want certain signs and messages to mean what you want them to mean, interpreting through the lens of wishful thinking, a projection of your desire to see things a certain way. Of course, when you do that, you rarely find yourself where you want to be. Take heart. Spirit loves you so much and does not want you to get hurt, but to align with Spirit's plan for your highest good. Listen. Gate 13 in our human design, the earth, right? The challenge is to listen and follow the signs and check your motives when you are being selective with your hearing. <laughs> I think that's a good card for all of us. Heart, heart, hawk, hawk spirit. Okay. That was for you, Suzanne Fulmer. Now, let me check my phone real quick to make sure Asa hasn't given me a clue that I've forgotten somebody. Um, Ursula. Yes, I did, Ursula. Corey, Crystal, Suzanne, Allison D. Okay, I got that question. I think I did, everybody. Hmm. All right. Well, that was fun. I haven't gotten to do that in a while. Uh, I hope everybody got a message that was meaningful to them. Even if you didn't get a card pulled, of course, these cards are also meaningful to you in your own life as we are all connected, right? We're all interconnected. So I'm uh, wishing you all a wonderful day, a happy weekend, and a prosperous new moon. I'll see you on Monday. We'll talk about what's going on next week. All right, take care, everybody, and thank you so much for being here. Don't forget to hit the thumbs up button. Subscribe if you haven't done so yet, because that helps us get the numbers that we need. See you on Monday. Bye. Much love to you all.